I'm Pastor Brian Paulson, and this is The Message. We're glad you're listening here in Libertyville, in Lake County, or around the world. Center your heart now with the prayer for illumination, listen deeply to the scripture, and allow the message to speak God's word for your life. Please pray with me. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. Shout loudly, don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their crime, to the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day, desiring knowledge of my ways, like a nation that acted righteously, that didn't abandon their God. They ask me for righteous judgments, wanting to be close to God. Why do we fast and you don't see? Why afflict ourselves and you don't notice? Yet on your fast day, you do whatever you want and oppress all your workers. You quarrel and brawl and then you fast. You hit each other violently with your fists. You shouldn't fast as you are doing today if you want to make your voice heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I choose? A day of self-affliction, of bending one's head like a reed and of lying down in mourning clothing and ashes? Is this what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast I choose? Releasing wicked restraints, untying the ropes of a yoke, setting free the mistreated and breaking every yoke? Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked when you see them and not hiding from your own family? Then your light will break out like the dawn and you will be healed quickly. Your own righteousness will walk before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and God will say, I'm here. If you remove the yoke from among you, the finger pointing, the wicked speech, if you open your heart to the hungry and provide abundantly for those who are afflicted, your light will shine in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noon. The Lord will guide you continually and provide for you even in parched places. He will rescue your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water that won't run dry. They will rebuild ancient ruins on your account. The foundations of generations past you will restore. You will be called mender of broken walls, restorer of livable streets. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter four, verses 16 through 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the word of the Lord. I just wanna say, Jamie, it's great having you back from college and helping us out in worship and good to see so many other of our college students back as well. Carmen, thank you for your leadership with us as well. And 
Don't we just have the best choir in Lake County, folks? I mean, wonderful. Thank you all. Yeah. Say, we're singing Go, Go Tell It on the Mountain because our Follow Me study as a church-wide study is looking at Go and Tell and how we share good news. I want to start on this Thanksgiving weekend with a story told by David Shellhaus when he took his family to the Magnificent Mile on the Friday after Thanksgiving. He described the experience as being like walking in a fairyland. By four o'clock, he writes, it's nearly dark and the Christmas lights and the mist and the music create an atmosphere that's almost otherworldly. And then he says, here by the Tribune building shines a tree with more lights than I've ever seen on a single pine. He said, I'm, I was walking as if I was in a trance. I find myself, he says, staring in the window of a crate and barrel shop, amazed at all the things that I can buy. And suddenly, I notice a short bearded man wearing an old bomber hat. And he moves from the street to the sidewalk and back to the street, weaving around traffic, moving from one side of the street to the other and then back again. And all the time, he's shouting profanities. Go ahead, he shouts at the four package-laden people squeezing into a taxi. Get into your bleepin' taxi. Bleep your bleepin' taxi and all your bleepin' packages. And then he moves on curling out all his curses. Shellhaus writes, as I watch this man possessed by rage or madness, I wonder, does he have something to say to me? Is this wild man some sort of crazy prophet? I mean, he sees our arms full of packages and... He sees the deprivation and squalor in other parts of the city. And I wonder, is God so angry about this that he sends a mad prophet to shout at people whose lives are not consistent with their faith? But I tell myself, he's only a crazy street person. No need to drag God into it. Friends, it's the season of stringing up lights, of pulling tradition out of boxes from the basement, placing out memories, wondering about the new year and remembering the past year. But what is God saying today? Blair Money comments on our passage from Luke Jesus is reading in his home synagogue from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And after reading, he sits, and the first word of his own that Jesus utters in our reading is, Today. We welcome the light today. Jesus doesn't ponder about the past or fret about the future. Today, he says, 
Scripture is fulfilled. Now, in the days of Isaiah, that Isaiah describes, faith was not fulfilled. Our reading from Isaiah was written in the period after the great disruption, the destruction of the temple, enslavement to Babylonian exile. Finally, God's people returned to Jerusalem to build, rebuild their lives. But it wasn't easy. It was a heavy burden. There were walls to build, the temple to reconstruct, bills to be paid, alliances were fragile, nerves were frayed. People tried to reconstruct their routines, but nothing felt right. They complained that they were trying the old routines, but nothing was right, as if God was taking no notice of all their effort. They tried to drag God into it, but they felt God had abandoned them. So the prophet shines light on the truth. God never abandoned the people. The people abandoned God. A God who delivered them from Egypt, who removed the burdens of debt and slavery, who gave water in the wilderness and bread for the hungry. This is the God Jesus describes when he reads from Isaiah, a God that offers good news for the poor, release for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and liberation for the oppressed. As our congregation moves out from the years of pandemic and as churches across the world attempt a newfound normalcy and a return to tradition, it is not the string of twinkling lights that the world needs most of all. The world needs each one of us to be the light. Not from yesterday, not in a future tomorrow. Each of us is called to be the light today, to lighten someone's load, to pay a fair wage, to feed a hungry child, to befriend a lonely soul. But you know, in order to be the light, we need to welcome the light. Are we able to set down our burdens this Advent season? Are we able to lighten our load so we can welcome the light? Jean Vanier wrote eloquently about a way we can welcome the light. He says, when we begin to discover and to drop our barriers and fears, we become more simple, more light. 
And simplicity is no more and no less than being ourselves, knowing that we are loved. It is knowing that we are accepted with our qualities, our flaws, and as we are in the depths of our being. Simplicity is letting the love and the light of God flow and shine through us. So what do we need to discover and to drop in order to lighten the load and welcome the light of this season? Listen to the prophet in our scripture today. If you remove the burden you put on others, that's what it means when it says, if you remove the yoke from among you, the finger pointing, the wicked speech, if you open your heart to the hungry and provide abundantly for those who are afflicted, then your light will shine in the darkness. Now, you know, whenever I pull out holiday strings of light, I want a zapper. Do you know what I mean? By, anyone have a zapper? You know, a few of you know what I'm talking about. It's that tool that can fix a string of lights when one of the lights has stopped shining. Huh? And, and it's interesting that one little light going off can cause the whole string of lights to go off. But you can take the zapper and zap just like that, the whole string turns on. I want a spiritual zapper for the church. God depends on all of us to fulfill the vision Jesus inaugurated in that synagogue long ago. The church is the fulfillment center that God chose to carry out the work of lightening loads and bringing the light. Each one of us is a bearer of light. And sometimes we need a zapper to pull us out of the past or away from fanciful thinking so our lives can bring light today in the here and now. Dr. Martin Luther King said that we who are members of the church are the lighthouse of the world. We are responsible for one task above all others to keep the light of the gospel burning, says King. At First Press, we are wise enough to know that God's light is needed in both systems and in people. Justice is forged by shared persistence, and it begins with personal simplicity. This Advent, my prayer is that each of you can lay down your burdens long enough to welcome the light and then share that light with someone else. 
Author Elizabeth Gilbert wrote about a rotten day on a crosstown bus in New York City. Traffic was barely moving. Her bus was filled with cold, tired people who were deeply irritated. They were irritated with one another, with the weather, with the world itself. There were two men who were barking at each other about a shove that might or might not have been intentional. A pregnant woman got on the bus and nobody offered her a seat. Rage was in the air. As the bus approached 7th Avenue, the driver got on the intercom. Folks, he said, I know you've had a rough day and you're frustrated. I can't do anything about the weather or traffic, but here's what I can do. As each one of you gets off the bus, I will reach out my hand to you, and as you walk by, drop your troubles in the palm of my hand, okay? Don't take your problems home to your families tonight. Just leave them with me. My route goes right by the Hudson River, and when I drive by there later, I'll open the window and throw your troubles out in the water. Sound good? Well, it was as if a spell had lifted. Everyone burst out laughing. Faces gleamed and were surprised by delight. People who had been pretending for the past hour not to notice each other's existence were suddenly grinning at each other like, is this guy for real? Oh, he was serious. And at the next stop, just as he promised, the driver reached out his hand, palm up, and waited. One by one, all the exiting commuters placed their hand above his and mimed the gesture of dropping something into his palm. Some people laughed as they did this. Some people teared up. But everyone did it. Gilbert finished her story by saying this. There are times when everything seems cloaked in darkness. You long for the light, but don't know where to find it. But what if you are called to be the light? She said, that's what the bus driver taught me, that anyone can be the light at any moment today. You and I can illuminate this world with one bright act of grace at a time all the way to the river. Worshiping friends, you are the fulfillment center. Welcome the light. Share the light. Today. This I deliver to you in the name of the Holy Trinity, who creates, redeems, and sustains the world in the light of love. Amen. Thank you for listening on our podcast or through our YouTube playlist of sermons. Be sure to forward this message to someone whom you believe is seeking God's word today.